0: Welcome to the Jesus Bible Study. We can begin with a word of prayer. Yes. Father, we thank you for today's session. Holy Spirit, we invite you and we ask that you guide us and that you lead us in today's session. Open our eyes, give us understanding and help us in each and everything that we're going to do. Give us understanding and reveal your word to us tonight. And help us see things that we would not ordinarily see in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Beautiful. So i'm happy to be here today guys actually funny story i was actually speaking i didn't realize that i didn't press the record button so it only clicked and i'm like where's the live button <laughs> anyway good times so i wanted to start by dialing back to something we spoke about last week we spoke about purpose not to find your purpose i actually ran, ran across something like this thing that i'm about to share. During the course of the week. And it was something very fascinating. Another way to find your purpose is to go deeper in God. Seek to know God more. I know that sounds a bit contrary because you're like, no, but I'm trying to know myself. I'm trying to find out my purpose and the reason for which I was created. So why would I seek God more? But seek God more. That's a way of finding your purpose. And I just want us to go to this verse before we continue. Hi, Liberty. I want us to go to this verse before we continue. This verse is in Matthew 16, verse 17. This is like one of my favorite verses. Like, I love this verse. Like, it's so jam packed right? And this is the verse where Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. Where Jesus asks his disciples, and he's like, what do people say that I am? And Peter says something very fascinating. He says, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus responds to him, and he says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you but my father who is in heaven and I love the next part that he says verse 18 and he says and I also say to you that you are Peter this guy was called was called Simon that was his name but because of the revelation that he had of Jesus in that moment he was like no because you you have a revelation of who I am and you understand why because you, you are the Christ son of the living God and Jesus said, because, because you said this, because you understand who I am, now I'm going to tell you who you are. And he looks to Simon and says, I say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, you see. So sometimes the more you get deeper into God, seek to get deeper into God, seek to understand God more, seek to understand his way. seek to understand everything about God, read the word, ask questions, ask your pastor questions, ask this person questions. Seek to understand deeper about God. The deeper you understand God, the more he reveals you to you. You see? Build a relationship with God. And the more deeper you delve in God, the more he will reveal your identity to you. Beautiful. So now I want us to go to tonight's session. Now we're continuing. Luke chapter 1. I want us to read verse 21 to 25. Then we're going to get some points from that. Luke chapter 1 verse 21 to 25. Okay, look at 1 verse 21. I'm going to read. Verse 21 reads, And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. If you remember last week, we left on verse 20, where the angel now told Zacharias that, You know, since you're doubting what I'm saying, you're going to be mute until these things are fulfilled in their own time. And we spoke about timing. So now we are continuing from that verse. Now the people are outside and are wondering, "Ah, This priest got inside a while back. Why is he not out yet? Right? That's where we are now. Verse 21. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. Verse 22. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Verse twenty four. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself for five months. Verse twenty five. Thus, the Lord has dealt with me. In the days when He looked on me, to take away my reproach among people. My verse of emphasis here is verse twenty four. You know, I was very curious when I was reading the story. I was very amazed. I was very fascinated. This woman is finally pregnant, right? She has been trying to have a child for the longest. And she finally gets to the point where she's now pregnant. So I was actually reading a lot of things, trying to understand why did Elizabeth hide herself like we're seeing in verse 24. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself for five months. She hid herself for the first few months of her pregnancy. Why? That's a very fascinating question. And I found so many interesting theories, you know. I, I, I'm i I'm fascinated about understanding the theories of people that try to understand the word. And it's always very interesting to me. But something that actually um, resonated with my spirit or something that made much sense to me is something along the lines of things are easier to destroy in infancy. I think it was Dr. Paul in nature who said something like, He's the one who said to me that things are easier to destroy in infancy. And he said because of that, spiritual spiritual principles are parallel. That that, that spiritual principle, it applies across the board. That's why you see even a seed, right? It's harder to destroy a seed when it's now a tree. But when it's a seed, you can easily crush it on the floor. Even when you look at babies, babies are easier to kill when they're in the womb than when they're out and they're full-grown adults. So that's a spiritual principle that applies across the board that things are easier to kill or to destroy in infancy. And that's where we find Elizabeth. That's the reason that I found that resonated with me about why she hid herself for five months. That she wanted to preserve this thing that God had given her, this pregnancy that she had waited so long for. And it had finally come. And it was in the early stages where it it was still so fragile. And she chose to hide herself and to take herself away from the eyes of people. And this also echoes the same sentiments that happened to Mary and Joseph. If you remember when Joseph had a dream, and in that dream he was told to run away with Jesus because people were seeking his life and he was about to be killed. And Joseph was told, run away with the child and go and hide with him. Was it to Egypt? Right? And that verse has always fascinated me because we, we, people love to believe that not in the... In that moment, Jesus could have defended himself, but Jesus was a baby. And in that particular moment, there was fragility involved. And that's why his parents had to run away with him to preserve his own life. So if the life of Jesus himself had to be preserved, what more the life of John the Baptist? What more? So we find that interesting point in verse 24. that things are easier to destroy in infancy. And what I want us to take from this is, Just like Mary and Joseph had to run and hide with Jesus because people were trying to kill him. Just like Elizabeth had to hide herself for the first few months of her pregnancy. Understand that sometimes, be it an idea, be it something you're excited about, be it anything. Sometimes it's good for for something to just be between you and God. So many times we're in a hurry to tell the world. We're in a hurry to, to let the world know. We're in a hurry to broadcast. But I want you to understand that it's okay. For it to be you and God, especially at the first, especially at the beginnings, because not everyone means well. That's the unfortunate world we live in, especially where are my superstitious people, you know, those stories where, but we've all heard growing up about those people that were planning maybe to go to UK and they told a certain aunt or a certain auntie, then all of a sudden strange things happened in the airport. We've all heard those stories. We've all heard the stories. These are things that happen. So, what I want us to take from verse 24 is not everyone means well. Sometimes let it just be you and God and your plans. At least until God gives you the liberty to share it with people. At least until God gives you the go ahead. No, you know what? You can share it with people. You can tell this person. You can tell that person. Because unfortunately, not all of the people in our lives mean well for us. That's the really sad and honest truth. Because sometimes you may think, ah, oh, this is my friend. We've been friends since God knows when. But you need to understand that not even in your life means you well. And you should not be in a hurry to disclose and to share things. There is power in discretion. There is power in privacy. Yes. That's what I want us to take from that. So now we're going to take a bit of a left. I love the story of John the Baptist because it's like we're studying John the Baptist, but there are so many different elements. There's so many different people in the picture. For example, we looked at Elizabeth. We looked at Zacharias. We looked at so many things. And now The angel Gabriel, after visiting Zacharias, he went to visit Mary. And we're going to read about that. Because there's something I want us to sort of find or take from that interaction. So we're going to read verse 25 to 38. I want to try my best to read very fast so we don't take too much time. And we're going to just draw some few interesting points from that. So Luke chapter 1 verse 25 to 28. Let me mark it here so that I don't go beyond. Verse 25 to 28. Verse twenty six, actually, verse twenty five. We read it right now. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to was sent by God to the city, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to the man to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, "Rejoice, to highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women." But when she saw him, she was troubled at this. At his saying, and considered what manner of a greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was barren. And okay, verse 37. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I love these two, I love the parallel <clears throat> between these two visitations. These two visitations, sorry. The visitation that the angel Gabriel made to Zacharias and the visitation that the angel Gabriel made to Mary. Two visitations delivering somewhat subtly news to one person a priest he's delivering the news that your wife who's been buried for years and is now old is going to have a child and his response is fascinating because i want us to compare these responses it's just a fascinating thing for me this man was a priest but his, his response was so filled with doubt and he literally said to angel gabriel how can i be sure of this But he was a priest, and he was in a religious office. But even then, he was not sure that God could deliver the things that he had prayed for. He was not sure that, that God could deliver even something that seemed impossible. And then now we go to Mary. When the angel Gabriel now goes to Mary, right? I love Mary's response. Mary's response said, how shall this be since I'm a virgin? Mary's response was more of curiosity. It was more linked in curiosity. Zacharias' response was more linked in doubt. And we see even the way that Angel Gabriel responded to Zacharias' response. It shows us that he, he was somewhat offended. And his response sort of triggered something. And he was like, no, you're not you're going to be mute until these things are fulfilled in their time. And I love it. And I feel like it's the same with us in everyday life. That... Even when we go to church, we we hear the same message. We hear the same thing. But how we respond to that message, it differs. How do you respond to that message? Because I know you see people and they attend the same church. And you see maybe years later, right? These people, they attend the same church, but they're in different places. Why? Because the word comes. Remember the parable of the soul. The seed is the word of God. And it comes. But so many things can block the word of God from getting inside. And as long as it doesn't get inside your heart, it will ultimately affect the output because it did not get inside your heart. So likewise, choose to be a person who always takes the word of God as it is. Take God as it is word. Take God at his word. I know it's impossible sometimes. And I know it's hard because you look at the situation and it's impossible. But always choose to take God at his word, right? So now we're gonna read Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 41, and I think that's where we're gonna close. If I'm not mistaken, Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 41. Now, this is when after the angel Gabriel has visited Mary, and now Mary is going to visit Elizabeth, right? 39 verse, yeah, verse 39 to 41. Yes, okay. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby lived in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. Yes. What I love about this particular part of scripture is for me... It points out the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. That's what Because Mary literally, I love to sort of, I feel like sometimes for me to understand scripture better sometimes, I love to empathize with the person in the scripture. Because you picture Mary, she literally just had a visitation from an angel. This is something that was rare. And something that even if she had told certain people, they would have thought she was crazy or they would not have believed her. But the minute she got this visitation, there is someone who came to her mind that this is the person I have to go to to see this person and to speak to this person because she will understand this predicament, right? And it shows me the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people, right? Mary literally went to see Elizabeth with startling and strange news that she knew that probably no one else would believe me. But I know that my cousin Elizabeth will believe what I have to say. And I love it because it points the mirror back to us. Do we have similar people in our lives? It points the mirror back at you as an individual. Do you have people that God can tell you a dream that is so big that it's crazy? That when you look at it now and when you look at your life, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. Do you have people in your life that you can tell your stupid and seemingly big dreams and they will not belittle you? Do you have people in your life that you can tell... Seemingly strange things that maybe God has told you in your prayer room, That maybe God has told you, if I had a dream or everything you feel like this is what God is calling me to do. Do you have such a support system of people that will encourage you? Because sometimes we, we we're surrounded by people that fill us with doubt, and sometimes that we kill the dream. Like like I was saying that something is easier to kill in infancy. You literally receive this dream. It's in its most fragile state. It's in its most. It's in the most. It's in its most fragile state, and. The person you tell that vision to, it's important because their response can can kill the dream right there and then. It's very possible for the person who is responding in that response to kill the dream. You can tell someone, God has called me to do this. God has called me to be an evangelist and fill stadiums. And someone will be like, who? Oh, how are you fill stadiums? Who the people come from? And that can be a seed of doubt that is sold into your heart that you end up not believing that this is even possible. You see? So it's important. Surround yourself with like-minded people. Surround yourself with the right people. Not just like-minded people, but the right people. People that can fan the flames of your dreams. No matter how crazy your dreams sound. Especially if they are dreams that came from God. They are valid. Surround yourself with people that only bring motivation. Yes, people that tell you the truth. Sometimes when you're out of pocket. But people that motivate you and people that encourage you. I'm going to read what I wrote here. Surround yourself with people that tell you, that can tell that you can tell what God told you, and you can do this without fear—the fear of looking stupid, right? Do you have people you can trust? The same way Mary had her cousin Elizabeth, people who can birth excitement into your dreams. The verses: John lived with excitement in the womb when Mary came, right? Do you have such people that can be excited on your part? You literally tell them a vision that they have nothing to do with. It's your dream and it's your vision, but you tell them and they're excited for you and they're energized for you. And they want to just, you know, throw in ideas and throw in excitement just to sort of encourage you and push you to carry on. Right. This this reminds me of the story in Acts 4.26. There was a guy named Joseph, right? And the disciples or the apostles, they, they basically gave him a nickname. They called him Barnabas. His name was Joseph, but they literally called him Barnabas. Why? Because he was such a person who encourages people. They're calling the son of encouragement. Why? Because he was such an encourager. I love that person. I love that person in the Bible. Imagine that people literally change your name. Your name is blessing. Your name is Taku. Your name is whatever, right? Imagine people literally change your name. They're like, no, that's not your name. Your name is encourager because you are that much of an encouraging person. And that's one thing I've always noticed sometimes. A lot of the times, people just want to be encouraged, you know, our friends, our families. Sometimes when a person comes to you with an idea about their life, something that they think God is trying to tell them, don't be the person that kills their dreams. Don't be the person that speaks ill. Don't be the person that kills that dream in its infancy. A lot of the times people just want to be encouraged. It doesn't matter if sometimes you can even feel like, this idea sounds a bit strange. But be that person. Choose to be a person who encourages people. Choose to be a person who motivates and encourages people at each and every turn. Like this guy. He was called Joseph. But they end up calling him Barnabas. Because he was such an encourager. And this is the same guy. Even when the disciples were scared to embrace Paul after his conversion. He is the person who came and spoke on behalf of Paul. Paul wrote almost two thirds of the New Testament. This is the guy who came in. And he spoke on his behalf and said, guys, this guy has really changed, okay? And he spoke on his behalf and encouraged the other disciples to embrace him. So choose to be an encourager. I love watching, you know, those movies about people's lives. They fascinate me. And if you've you've ever noticed that in each and every one of those movies, there's always one person, like there's at least one person who doubts the person who actually eventually becomes something. You can look at King Richard. You can look at Pele, Breath of a Legend. You know, all those movies. There's always that one person who was speaking nonsense about that person. Like the person comes to a dream. They comes to that person with their dreams. And that person shoots it down. And in my mind, when I watch these movies, I always ask myself, how does this person feel? Like years later, and this person is now, there's a movie about this person's life and they're now successful. And you are the villain in that story. And the person in the movie saying, "I ah, you know what? I don't think this is going to work. And I dread to be that person, to be honest. I know it sounds silly sometimes, but I dread to be that person. I don't want someone to look back at an idea they had or at something that they brought to me, an idea, a concept. And I was the person that shot them down and made, it, made them think that it was not impossible, that it was not possible. I don't ever want to be that person. Don't be that person in life. Even if your friends come to you, I always imagine like people like Elon Musk and the people that have done great things in the world. I'm sure a lot of those things looked very stupid at the beginning. Like for example, when someone says, I, you know what, I want to make a car that flies, the Wright brothers, right? I'm pretty sure the people around them thought they were crazy. Like, what are you talking about? You know? And there obviously, there were people that were there that spoke against that dream. There were people that were there that thought, this is crazy. This, this is not going to happen, Right? But choose not to be that person. At each and every turn in your life, choose to be the encourager. Even if your friend or the people around you, your family, they tell you an idea and you don't even understand it. Seek to understand. Okay, how does that work? Okay, understand. Okay, okay, okay. No, I I, I don't actually get it, but but it sounds nice. There's always a nicer way of putting things across. Don't be the person that shoots people's dreams in the foot. Okay, be an encourager. Be a Barnabas. I love it. The man had a whole name, but they had to change his name to encourage Wow. Okay. So we're going to read verse 42 to 45, and and then we continue. Verse 42. Then she spoke out with a loud, loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told of her from the Lord. What a powerful scripture. I love Elizabeth and I love how and every turn we see glimpses of her character. She was John the Baptist's mother and... In so many instances, we're already seeing the character, the kind of mother she was. We're seeing the kind of mother that she was, the kind of mother that God chose to be the mother of John the Baptist. We're seeing her fan the flames of Mary's dream. Mary comes to Elizabeth and she's like, you know, I, I literally got a visit from an angel. And, and he told me that I'm going to birth the Messiah. And this person they say, are, are you crazy? is this going to happen? But she was literally such an encourager and she was such an enforcer. She was just like, it's going to happen. This is beautiful. You are blessed because this thing has happened to you. She chose to be the person of the friend that spoke positive. Speak positive into your friend's lives. Speak positive into your family's life. Don't be the person who's always speaking negative. Okay, let's go to verse 56. And I think that's where we're going to Stop again. We see another glimpse of Elizabeth's character in verse 56. And Mary remained with her for about three months and returned to her house. Mary remained with Elizabeth. That was powerful. So, we're seeing glimpses of Elizabeth's character. She was actually a fascinating woman. You know, we don't really see much about her, but the little we see is very fascinating and it's something that we can always learn from. So, we're gonna start from Luke chapter 1, verse 57 to 60, in the hope that we finish. Because it was supposed to be for next week, but we can continue. Luke chapter 1 verse 57 to 60. We're now looking at the actual birth. We have arrived at the birth of John the Baptist. We have arrived at the birth of John the Baptist. Yes. So we're just going to read it. Luke chapter 1 verse 57 to 60. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth the son. When the neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown her great mercy, they rejoiced with her. The importance of being surrounded by the right people. Do the people around you rejoice when the fulfillment of the things you prayed for or something that you've been waiting for comes? What is the heart of the people around you? Do they rejoice with you? Are they sad? Are they jealous? All right, verse 59. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. I love the glimpses i seeing of Elizabeth's character. This is in a time where women were basically objects, but she had the the firmness to say these people came and they were ready to actually name the child. They're like we're going to name this child Zacharias after his father, and Elizabeth was bold enough to defend her dream and say, "No, that's not it." The instruction that we were given. Remember what we talked about a few weeks back that. Sometimes every level that you're about to get into, the level that God is ushering you into, it comes with a set of instructions. What are your instructions for the season? Right? And receiving the instructions is easy. It's very easy. But the implementation now is a whole other thing. Because now we're seeing Elizabeth. She's now in a difficult situation. Where the people that are senior, people that are more powerful than her, they come into this family and they're like, we are ready. We want to circumcise the child and we want to name him Zacharias. But she said no. I love verse 60. Let's read it again. It says, his mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. And what I want is I'm going to read what I spoke, what I wrote here. She spoke up because she was mindful of God's instructions about what she was carrying. She was not a people pleaser. Even in a society where women were predominantly expected to shut up, she spoke up. Be bold enough and courageous enough to defend your dreams or the vision that God has given you. Let God define your vision and your dream for you. And don't let people call it what it's not. Call it what God has called it. Had she not spoken up, they would have named that child Zacharias because the father was basically mute at this point. And that's where we leave it today. Next week we we'll continue from Richard 1 verse 57 to 60 and we're just going forth. Thank you David for joining. The video will be available in my IGTV section and it will be available everywhere you find podcasts. If you're watching this podcast and you've not given your life to Christ, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord and he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. So I would love to lead you to that prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose on the third day. I accept you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my heart. Clean my heart. Cleanse me. And help me to live this new life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, thank you for the session that we've had today. Thank you for everything we've learned. We pray that even as we go through the rest of this week, help us to surround ourselves with people that encourage our dreams. Help us as well to be encouragers to the dreams of other people. And help us to be people that are firmly rooted in you in order that we may find our identities and the purpose for which you created us for in Jesus mighty name amen thank you to everyone for joining see you next week same time same place bye okay <clears throat>